0: Welcome to the Revelation Wellness Podcast, friends, we are excited to bring you a bonus episode this week of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. And this week, our host, Elisa Keaton, is teaching today on three things your brain needs to do to help you be well. As she explains, these three things will help us stop carrying resentment, bitterness, and fear, and will instead help us lean into a more flexible, healthy way of thinking about things when challenges come our way. And we all know that life is guaranteed to bring its share of challenges. And just a note, we would like to invite you to become part of Platoon 29's instructor training program. We are a community that is passionate about not just moving our bodies well, but also leaning into wholeness for our whole soul, our whole mind, and our whole body. There is so much good news here because we believe Jesus really came to set us free. And that's worth throwing some confetti around for. You have one more day to sign up for Platoon 29, and there is a spot for you. So come on this freedom journey with us. Your yes will be one of the best yeses you've ever made. All the information is in the show notes. Just swipe up for the details, and we will see you soon in all the places. Thanks for being
1: here, friends. Peace. So when was the last time something unexpected happened to you in your day? Something that knocked the peace out of you? I've I've always had a few, but there's always these big ones that kind of stick out in the last month or so. One that I know, oh, that was a test. And some of them I pass, and some of them I fail, yo, I fail. Air travel last week with nine-hour delay, that'll test you. I always tell our staff, when we do lots of flights, we have to go here and there to meet and, and, and do meetings together. We wake that morning up, we pray for the travel, and we tell everyone, remember, you're on mission. The ticket counter person, whoever, whatever happens today, if you come in late, you miss your plane, don't worry about it. This is the assignment. The assignment is now. It's not when you get here, we'll act all Christian and good. We'll actually let's be that now. So be ready. Prepare your minds and go train. For me, it was recently, we were in Hawaii on a beautiful summer vacation. This is the last summer before my daughter goes off to college. I've got three weeks left with her, three weeks. A little even less than three weeks and she goes off to college and I have an empty nest and it's a lot of change. That's a lot of change, everyone. And inside of her and inside of me and inside of my husband, there's just a sadness, a fear. There's just it's there's stuff rumbling around. I can actually start to cry as I talk about it. It's change and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's wrecking me. And we're all holding this stuff inside of us and we're trying to have this kumbaya beautiful summer moment together. And there were things happening in the time together that were not what I would hope for. It's not what I would have expected. Sophia saying some things that I would never have expected and it was knocking me off my feet. I was getting caught up in the words she was saying. My heart was hurting. You know, sometimes our kids say things or our loved ones say things or we say things and we get all caught up in the the storm and feel like what just happened. I just got the peace knocked out of me. Now, Remember parents, this is for free. If you are the parent of a child, please repeat after me. I do not take my cues from my children. I do not take my cues from my children. I do not take my lead from my children. I am the parent. They are the child. They are looking for stability. They are looking for safety they're looking for belonging even when they don't behave well and when they say things they say them we've all said them and then and all things remember this pray without ceasing and remember their frontal lobes are not closed they don't they have half a brain they literally don't have a full brain so do not take your cues from your child whether they're 1 2 5 10 18 about to go to college Around the time they're 25, really, around the time you're 25 or so, you'll actually start to see the person they are, and then they're still going to evolve and change. But they at least have a full functioning brain. So we train to prepare. Now, in that moment when Sophia was saying things, I wasn't doing well. i was just let you know. My heart was hurt. Why? Because I'm carrying around a lot of grief and fear and sadness and excitement. I got a lot of stuff going on inside of me. So I had to pull back and train. When we train, we have to remember to bring things to mind. When we are training, we're bringing things on purpose to mind. And in order to bring things to our mind, we must prepare our mind. You won't know what to bring to mind if you don't if you haven't prepared your mind. This is why I love 1 Peter 1:13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Therefore, preparing your minds for action. Let me give you a little context. Paul is writing to the believers who are confused because they are suffering persecution. There is suffering. Because of their faith, they are having trials and testing, going, what's going on, right? Again, Something happened. They weren't expecting that. And so Paul comes to deliver a truth. Listen, this is okay. This is part of it. This is actually proving that your faith will be genuine. He was saying it in prior verses. That's why the therefore comes in. He's like, this is proving your faith to be genuine. This is part and parcel for the deal. And by the way, hear me. This is where where I love the gospel. It's so concrete. Everyone's suffering. Nobody gets to escape it. Nobody gets out of this world unscathed. But for those who follow Christ, our suffering has a purpose. For those who have no following, no belief in God, knowledge of God, or even just a religious system, they will religious systems are set up so that you don't have to suffer. You try to stay away from suffering. Actually, suffering is seen as sinful. Like, oh, they must be doing something wrong because they're suffering. No, suffering is going to happen. But there's a point, it produces something in us. If you don't have God and you suffer, when you don't, when you suffer, not if you don't have God and when you suffer, then your suffering, you will do other things. You will turn to escapism, you will turn to numbing, you will turn to coping, you will turn to addictions, you will turn to other things to try and dampen down the suffering, but we know as neuroscience tells us if you suffered if you dampen the brain's ability to feel suffering you also dampen the ability to feel joy. This is why if we want to make our joy complete we have to prepare and train. Therefore we are to prepare our minds for action. Let me give you a side note just for those who haven't remembered this. This is your brain. Half of your brain, but let's pretend it's the full brain. This is the left hemisphere. Let's pretend the right is there, but this is your full brain. Your brain is an organ in your body, like your heart, like your lungs. It's good by design, it's physical matter. Like I could actually open your skull and see your brain, but your brain doesn't do anything until there's a mind behind it, there's a consciousness. Consciousness. You've heard that word. Don't freak out. It's not new age. It's old age. It's how God created the world. God had in mind. (laughs) Conscious. God was conscious of there couldn't be more to creation. So I'm going to create something seen. So the brain becomes like the computer system for your mind. Your mind is the operating system. Your mind is the software. What am I conscious of? But your brain just computes like a little computer. Okay? The difference between your mind is it's, it's not matter. It's it's just this, this power that's untouchable that is what you are conscious of. And we know what you focus on, you become. What you focus on gets larger. It grows. What you're conscious of, you become. So if your mind is set on things above, then you will manifest, bring to earth, which that word is not new age either. Jesus talked about manifesting him. You want to show more of the kingdom, have your mind set on the kingdom. If you want to show more of the earth, have your mind set on the earth. Your mind, what are you conscious of? That's what you will produce more of in your life. I have a friend today who is getting a test done, and, you know, there's could be concern. Let's get a test result. Hey, the test came back, not good. We got to do another another something, something. And, you know, that sucks. For a second, she could allow herself To let her mind go to worst case scenario, but she's refusing it. And she's believing the story ends here. Nope, I'll go back. Nope, my mind is set on the peace. Set your mind on things above, not on things below. She is setting her mind in the presence of God. There's fullness of joy. She's like, no, I'm just going to stay there. I'm going to stay there. And even if something comes back and now I've got more, quote, evidence that there's something wrong, I am still going to stay there. I'm conscious of heaven more than I am of the earth. That doesn't mean I disregard the earth. It means it's my job. It's what we do to reconcile. We reconcile heaven and earth. So, yes, we have a body. And, yes, it's falling apart. And, yes, it can be fragile but man, we have a soul and a mind and a will that is eternal matter. And that can strengthen us for the day. So, therefore, how do we prepare our minds for action? First thing, I'm just going get, to get right to it. Spoiler alert. You got to read God's word. You have to read the word. That's information for an impartation of the Holy Spirit. Like when you read God's word, that's what you become conscious of. If I read my Facebook feed, I'm conscious of Facebook. If whatever I take in is what I become conscious of. So you cannot prepare your minds for action. And I'm going to get to the three things that your brain has to do. Once you're conscious of something, your brain does three things. I'm going to get to that. but I'm trying to lay the found work, the, the foundation that without a mind, what you're conscious of, then everything starts to fall apart. So if my mind is taking in information, becomes conscious of something, I need God's word. I need to know what God has said, what God is speaking, what he has said, what he is speaking now. His word, listen to this, his word helps me, written on the page, helps me to encounter the word that is whispering and speaking to my soul and my consciousness. I'll come back to how that played out even with Sophia. So read God's word because God's word rewires our brain, which serves the will of our minds. Your mind has a will. Your soul has a will. That's part of like the soul. You got this will. And if your soul is set on things below, then your consciousness of your mind will aim in that direction. And you'll reap some things. They just won't be eternal. And they will be stolen, killed, and destroyed. They're things that cannot last But if your will and your mind sets itself on things above, then you have more eternal hope that, hey, even if I, even if this thing happens, even if God is still good, that's a health for your day. All right. Now, preparing your mind for action, you got to read God's word. Then, here we go. Then, when things come against us in the day, which they will, Remember I told you, the minute your feet hit the floor, you're on mission. Get ready. That's why we armor up, put on the armor, and be ready. You're, you're meant for this tension. You're, you're not meant for no problems whatsoever. In this world, you will have problems. There will be trouble. But you are meant to have good courage, take heart, and overcome. But to overcome something means that you're underneath something. So when that tension comes, when that Disruptor happens We have to then begin the training that we need The executive function of our brain is meant to take over when disruptors in our life occur making it possible for us to navigate well life's difficulties So first thing we need to remember if we are stuck in our emotional brain in our limbic brain We will find it hard to get up into reasoning your brain has an emotional area primarily it's down here in the lower parts your limbic brain how many of you know this teaching I want you to know this teaching so much that you can teach it to others I needed someone to teach this to me when I was 13 14 freaking out Nobody was listening to me and I was starting rebellious things I didn't understand this part of my brain was very super active at 13 14 anyone else and this emotional brain starts to lay down patterns into the the uh, prefrontal medial cortex where there's executive reasoning and thinking happens. Children have this, it's just not well developed. Then depending on if they have a good environment that supports, this will develop strong or more feeble. So when disruptors happen, this emotional brain kicks in we have to have a way to get up into some higher reasoning. And this is why we rev, you guys. This is why I, I, we encourage you. Revving means get in your body and hear God's word. That's what rev, revving means. It's a verb does. Revelation wellness, rev, are you revving? Revving means you have to get in your body and remember God's word. And we do that with our revving the words where we say, hey, let's go for a walk. We're going to get in our bodies and you're going to hear God's word. Hey, let's sit down, be still. Let's do some breath work and let's remember God's word. Right? This is all about, we've got to get back into our body because this, this part, your emotional brain is very much connected to the body because it's meant to keep you safe and your body wants to keep you safe. This is your home. Keep it safe. So we get locked down in that place, which then it makes it difficult to go into a higher reasoning. This is where higher reasoning happens, in the prefrontal medial cortex. And once we're in the high place of executive reasoning, three things take place in your brain. Now I'm going to get to those three things that have to happen. But again, those three things can't happen in this executive functioning, if you are stuck down here in your emotion over and over and over, this is why we rev. Go for a walk. Get in your body. Breathe. And hear God's word. And really it is, it has been, uh, it's shown when you, when you exercise, it occupies the limbic brain so that you can have a thought without having an emotion. understand what i'm saying a lot of times our emotions are just there to keep us safe so we never can really access higher reasoning but when we exercise that area gets active and it's kind it's like putting a stick in the elephant's trunk at the circus so it stays and now we can come up higher and get into some higher thought even though you still have emotion emotion is good they're not going to go away emotions are there to help lead us into the presence of God or kind of help us know where we're at. Oh, I am angry. Woo. I need to get back towards the goodness of God. I need to get back. What did God say in his word? What are the promises? And that's how I can renew my mind. All right. So do we understand that you won't be able, these three things that occur in your brain when disruptors happen, you can't even get there if you are just stuck in your emotional pain. I'm writing a book right now. It will come out in less than a year and it's gonna, I cannot wait for this book to come out because it's gonna get after this, gonna help you get back a full life, a healthy brain, a healthy body in very, very practical ways with Jesus at the center. Who's down for that? Okay. So let's assume now the thing happens, the disruptor happens that you've trained for it. You're like, yep, that's going to happen. Someone's going to make me probably feel insecure today or I'm going to get upset. Who knows? But you've trained to realize it's going to happen and you're going to feel it. Before you have a thought, you have a feeling. It happens so fast, you don't even know it. But mostly it's a feeling. It's a feeling that then it connects right away to that thought that you have. And if it's a thought that you always constantly have, it's because you're stuck in your limbic brain. It's the thought that keeps you safe. So if you're stuck down there, you won't get your brain to do the three things that keeps your body well. And actually, if you stay down in that limbic emotional area, it is connected to lots of physical pain, inflammation in the body, chronic disease, cellular breakdown. Your immune system breaks down. If the amygdala and your limbic brain is so ri- like. Wracked with an energy then it will pull itself and work itself into the body in destructive ways so we got to come up higher we got to come up higher and we have to learn how to stay high all right now let's just say that you okay you felt it and then you recognize this is not of this is not of the father's heart peace be still all right i'm feeling this like my friend who got the guy you know some concern okay I feel that nope I'm going to stay high now here's what happens once in the high place of executive reasoning of your prefrontal medial cortex once you can come up here even though you're feeling scared you come up these three things have to take place in your brain now get ready this is exciting hey if this is blessing you hit share please hit share here's the three things that have to happen the first, I'm going to just I'm going to name them out and then I'm going to come right back to each of them. First thing, a working memory. The second thing, mental flexibility, and the third, cognitive inhibition. And I'm going to really expand upon that one. So the thing is happening, the disruptor happened, but you are coming up higher as you notice this doesn't feel good, I don't want to live here, I got to come up higher. As you come up higher, your working memory kicks in. This is the ability to work with information without losing track of what we're doing. It's the ability to take in some new information, but still remember where you are and tracking in time. It doesn't kick you off of, of, you don't get caught and swept up into this new narrative. You actually remember, oh, I woke up this morning, and I'm gonna have peace. Oh, but there's some new information coming in. Do you see how this takes calm? This takes an ability to be attuned to what's going on with you. Working memory is the ability to maintain focus. Working memory also happens when you hear a story. This is why Jesus talks in parables, and I've been doing a whole teaching on parables in the podcast if you follow along. Parables or telling a story is really cool because it requires executive functioning. As you're hearing a story, you've got to come up higher and think imaginatively and creatively. That doesn't necessarily happen down the limbic brain. Limbic is just kind of staying alive, staying alive. Okay. Someone come up. Let's go up higher. Let's tell a story. So as you're doing that, working memory is happening as you are hearing the story and tracking along and trying to remember parts and pieces of the story that are important while also going on the journey of the story. Isn't that cool? So cool. A working memory, think about it. Memory means something you already know, but working means you're also trying to learn something new. So when a story is told, the working memory gets kicked in. Okay, so when a disruptor shows up, we need a working memory. A working memory. ability to maintain focus even though some new information is coming in mental flexibility that's our willingness to shift our thought patterns to respond to a situation in a less rigid way our willingness this is willingness to shift to be flexible I mean it's in there in the title it's a flexibility it's a resilience like okay all right, I'm going to flex on this. It's our ability to adapt and change rather than shut down. So here's an example. Your child says something disrespectful and you have the power to end the conversation and even ground the kid. You, can, you have the power. You're the one in the authority. You can shut that thing down. But instead, you choose to ask them if there's something they need. If there's something they need from you that they aren't getting, that's a, I like to call it a Jedi Jesus move. They aren't expecting that. As things get higher and heated, you have the power to shut it down and be rigid. You can get more rigid, but instead you choose to soften back and think more objectively. Is there something you need that I'm not giving? Is there something? You bow yourself to the other person. That's a flexibility. I mean, even just the the mental image of bowing means I'm going to flex. I'm going to bend on this. So how can I serve you in this storm we seem to be caught up in? Mental flexibility. In order for you to stay well, do you see how if your brain does these things, you're going to stay well. You're not going to get caught up in the cyclone. You're welcome, Heather. It's my joy. Okay, then finally, cognitive inhibition. Working memory, cognitive flexibility or mental flexibility, and cognitive inhibition. This is one of my favorite ones. Cognitive inhibition. (laughs) It's the mind's ability to tune out stimuli that is irrelevant to the task at hand or the mind's current state. It's your ability to tune it out. No, we're not even going to entertain this. This is so far off where I want to go because I have focused. No, (laughs) this is one of my favorite examples of cognitive inhibition. Think about inhibition. No, we're not going there. You guys have heard me say on the podcast, we don't do that anymore. Like, no, we, no, no, no. We shut it down. The ability to tune out stimuli that is irrelevant to the task at hand. What is the task at hand? Multiply, fill the earth to do it, have dominion, make disciples. That's always your task. So, cognitive inhibition—if your brain can go, "No, we don't do this." That's part of staying well. Here's a great example. This actually happened a lot about maybe a year or two ago, and I—it was stuck with me as this is this is what we need. This is a part of our brain that wants to do what it needs to do to keep us well and not just surviving, but thriving. I was watching this woman and she was on a Instagram Live doing a workout and she is a plus size woman, someone that we would say a bigger size than what at that time the industry would uh, you know, call more seen. I think we're seeing it now, praise God, more stuff. Everyone has a body, just move the dang thing. So she was working out and she had a band around her thighs, like one of those big rubber bands, resistance band. And she's placing it on her thigh. And every time she would um, place it or try to move it up, it kept getting stuck on her thigh. She couldn't get it to come up to where she wanted it. And then when she would get it there, it would start to roll down again. So she knew that, okay, the band won't stay there. But And then she said that she's like, band is giving me issues because of, of my size, and she knew, like, my size, it's the it's the band circumference to her circumference weren't matching up, and she's like, the band's giving an issue because of my thigh, she goes, but I don't have time to spend on that story. <laughs> there it is. I don't have time to spend on that story, so I'm just going to keep going. Come on. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter what I'm trying to do. I'm still gonna do this thing that I'm called to do. I don't have time to make up that story. I have time to spend time with that story. It goes nowhere. Her mind has been cognitively inhibited. She will not go there. It is her ability to tune out any stimuli that is irrelevant to the task at hand. It's one of my favorite cognitive inhibition. <laughs> Because I'll be honest, mental flexibility takes me a while. It tends to take me a while. So usually, when I'm in a disrupted moment, I first go, no, no, this isn't of the Lord. This this isn't how I would want this to go. No, no, no. So I have to shut down any stimuli that tries to tell me otherwise. And then it's then I can get more flexible and... I can take in some information that they're saying while still staying on task. What is my task? Unity, love, joy, peace. But I can still hear information. Yeah. (laughs) I don't just walk on by that stimuli. That's right. I don't have time for that. I don't have time. I don't have time to spend on that story. (laughs) It's beautiful. All right. Yep. So, in closing, how's your preparing of your mind and action going? How you doing? How's your training going? Preparing your mind for action. Preparing your mind. Again, your mind says, I'm set on the things of God. Great. Okay, I'm set on the things of God. Now, brain, cognitively flex. Work your memory. And stay inhibited to the things that are of this earth. We just don't have time for that stimuli. Tune it out. Remember, see, that's the thing. I could be inhibited and say, no, but then I have to stay flexible. I have to be able to bend. What does this situation need? And then I can stay in building a memory, creating a new memory in the moment, rather than saying, oh, that's just always how things go. So when it came to Sophia, as I started this teaching with that story, in that moment, I felt hurt. I felt myself get whoo limbic brain overload. And I knew at that time I have to take a step back. Um, I was hurt. There's things that just spun me around and I had to take a step back. And I have had this conversation with my daughter and with my loved ones. Like when I pull back, it's not I'm mad at you, shame on you. I'm not doing it to withhold. I just I need a minute. I gotta find me. I gotta find the Lord and find me cuz I don't want to say something I don't mean. So, and and by the way, that's a that's a teaching right there. You you can you have permission to take the time you need. The first person to fix the situation and be godly isn't necessarily the one who's more whole. Like be whole and then fix it. Learn what you need to learn for you, not oh, I know what I'm supposed to do here. Let me just do that and then it's not really real for you. So, I have to pull back. I felt the hurt. I pulled back. I remembered that I'm the parent here. And then I began to construct the story of a better outcome that I wanted. Like, Lord, I got with the Lord. What, what's really going on here? And then He began to say, She's scared. You're scared. You know, just gave me perspective as I pulled back, worked my memory, flexed a bit, because I could have been rigid. I could have told her, how dare you do that? I could have like toe-to-toe and crush her. That doesn't do anything. But I did stay inhibited to, no. I love her. She loves me. We're going through a time. God is for us. Who can be against us? So as I did that, and to be honest with you, I also reached out to a couple friends and said, hey, would you pray? There's just a lot. It's just a lot. It's a, a swirly time. And by the way, for any of you who send a kid off to college, it's par for the course. They can get pretty jerky before they go to college because they're scared. And they're purposely trying to push away to prepare because soon they will have to be on their own. So remember that. Ugh oh, good cry. It's a beautiful survival tactic. And you want to encourage that they're going. Change is happening. It's going to be okay. So you don't get sucked into the cyclone. After a while, I then, after I I put in that prayer request, you guys, you pray for me. And then I pursued and pressed in to her. And even in that conversation, it didn't go great for her. But for me, I was steady. I knew where I was going to stay. And I knew how I wanted the conversation to end. That basically, no matter what, I love you. No matter what. I know that this feels confusing time. You'll figure it out. I'm not changing anything about my mind about who you are. And to be honest with you, the conversation ended. We went back and it didn't end the way I wanted it to end. I was like, well, at least I know as far as it depends on me, I am living at peace with her. And then I went back into the condo and, she went into her bathroom and we had a moment, you know, just probably about 10, 20 minutes later. I was getting in the shower and she comes over. She knocks on the door and she says, Mom, I'm sorry. I've really been a, and it rhymes with witch. <laughs> Praise God, right? I'm like, okay, forgiven and free. We'll figure it out. It's a hard time right now for you. We'll figure it out. There you go. That is a teaching for you on the three things you've got to get your mind to to keep your body and mind well. And by the way, that is good for your body. I'm not carrying around resentment. I'm not carrying around bitterness. I'm not carrying around manipulation. I'm not carrying around fear. I'm just like, you know what? No, no. We're going to stay rooted in what I know to be true. Okay, friends, we
0: hope you were blessed by this teaching with Elisa. Before you go, be sure to swipe up on the link to download a packet today and get registered for Platoon 29. Sign-ups close tomorrow, so don't delay. And as always, thanks for being here. Be sure to follow us and leave us a review. Your kind words help us spread the good news of Jesus. Have a great week. Peace.